0: Welcome to Arts for the Health of It, a podcast where you will discover creative ways to improve your health and well-being. Someone may have told you that art isn't for you, but they were wrong. Anyone can create arts for the health of it. No talent or experience necessary. I'm just a little songbird. Try to fly my way homeward with the melody And I
1: make the beat, don't know where it'll take me, take me Cause when I'm in the dark of night I sing my way back to the light Come along with me and your heart will see That a song changes everything Oh it, this interview made
2: me realize how, oh my god how I much i have missed and how big of a part it was to my own my own happiness like live theater and live concerts and li- like oh my god this is so awful um <laughs> how much I've missed it
0: yeah it's it like is this ache, and I and I it's like in in one sense I'm grateful for this last year because we're we're fortunate to be in a society where there really is an abundance of arts and I think it's easy to take it for granted because it's so prevalent you know there's we have beautiful structures and we have you know tv like that's art you know shows and movies and music and it's it's all been so available and then this last year to just have it completely cut off it's it really reveals that like ache like and I think it's an ache for each other I think we we ache for that connection and like Bradley said in the interview you know when we see our stories reflect reflected back to us in art, we and we see the communal response to the recognition of, oh yeah, I I see myself in that. We're all gonna laugh together, that you feel less alone. And we're communal animals. And if, if we don't have regular <laughs> sensory input that reinforces that we're not alone. It's you know humans shrivel up and and give up and die and you know it's so essential um, and the arts are a powerful way that we we come together and uh, You're so
2: right you talk like. You go like I try to go to as many opening nights as possible in our local theater community here in San Antonio because just the excitement and you see your friends and you hear the, the music like you get to be the first one to hear the music before the next night and like yeah. all of that and I I was the kid who grew up in the Midwest who had no access yeah, it wasn't to live accessible. theater yeah, yeah it wasn't accessible at all and I remember the first show I was ever in after I realized like. I want to be an entertainer was our town. And I drove 45 minutes every day for rehearsal to play a dead person on a slab that had zero lines because obviously (laughs) I was really good, but that's what I was cast as the dead person. It was like dead person number two. That was it. But just even being in that, in that theater and being around the people who like watching everybody do it, watching the lighting mm-hmm. designers figured it out. Like, I just remember loving every moment of it, even though I just laid there and got yelled at. Cause you could see my stomach moving because I was breathing <laughs> and you know, I've never, I've never been lucky enough to see a show on Broadway. I've never been to New York before, even mm-hmm. though I lived three hours from there. Uh-huh. Um, but it's also like you don't have to go to Broadway to see amazing shows.
0: Yeah, there's tons of amazing regional theater, oh. which, and to like back up a little bit, um, I actually oh, yeah. got to meet Bradley. <laughs> right, who's on the show today? <laughs> Bradley Dean is with us today. He um, is one of the cast members on the Broadway um, um, version of, of Phantom of the Opera. And we met six or seven years ago, we did a show together in Fort Worth. We did um, Camelot together and he was Arthur. And I was one of like the ladies in waiting or whatever for one of your anyway. Um, and he, he was just so great to work with. And, and he has done lots of stuff um, on Broadway and regionally. And so when I heard that Broadway was going back and I saw his post that, that Phantom was going back, we reached out to him to see if he would come in and talk about the impact that the arts have on him personally, what this last year has been like on, on performing artists um, Broadway specifically, and just what he's looking forward to going back and how important theater is for, for our society and our culture and our communities.
2: Yeah. And what he missed while he was away from it. I mean, that's a really long time to be away from something that you love. It's not even like it's your job. It's not your punching a clock, sitting at a desk, like what it's like to have, to, have to like be forced to walk away from something that means so much to you. Oh, I know. <laughs> I cried through most of it um, because I think it was a little mini therapy session for us. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh.
0: We both have this theater background. And so there's, you know, <laughs> to talk about how much we miss life theater it hit a nerve. It hit yes. a nerve, Richard. Yes. So
2: we don't want to waste any more time, so you can cry as well. Take a listen or a watch to our chat with Bradley Dean. So we are here with Bradley Dean, Broadway superstar, I would Whoa. say. I'll throw that out there. That's right. Wow. I okay. said it and I can't it. Hey. take it back because we're Thanks. recording. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't say it
1: if it's not true, I guess. So You Thank can't.
2: You. Um I I am so excited to talk for the next half an hour or so about Broadway coming back. Yay! I don't know how you feel about it, Bradley, and I think I can tell how Stanzi feels about it. (laughs) But as someone who lived, who grew up in the Midwest, who had no access to live theater, and then suddenly fell in love with the Tony awards and I would watch all of the Broadway shows on the Rosie O'Donnell show. I was like, that's where my love of entertainment came and my mm-hmm. like, this is what I need to do. So I want to know where you grew up and how you fell in love with it. Hmm.
1: Uh, I grew up in a little town called Pottsville, Pennsylvania, uh, which is an hour from anywhere you've probably ever heard of. Um, the middle of like the anthracite coal region of, of Pennsylvania and, um, and Pottsville had nothing going on in terms of the arts. Um, they, we had no th- sort of theater from at the school or anything like that. But the one thing we had was we had this brilliant voice teacher who married a guy, sang professionally in New York, married a guy, settled in the hills of Pennsylvania. And she taught me to sing uh, from when I, I, I was 13. Um, and filled me with a love of the technique of singing. I I, I teach now. So um that's held on my whole life uh so incredible incredibly good fortune to have this brilliant um woman uh name is Cora gamlin uh in pottsville pennsylvania so uh i learned to sing and that was sort of a natural kind of uh blending into the musical theater world um i never never thought i had any like i never knew that i had any, any acting talent i always knew i could sing and then I was cast in this, uh, this one-act show. My, the English department of my high school decided to enter this one-act competition uh, at the Bucks County Playhouse. And uh, threw together this, this one-act with a bunch of us. And uh, I got roped into it. And um, at, the, at the, the festival, it was like high schools from like a three-state area, uh, they would bring professionals down from New York and they would critique the performances Um, and so I remember sitting there listening to this critique and there were these five like professional actors from New York who were all saying that they thought I was really good and and I was a really good actor. Um, and at the end of the festival, there was a, there was an award ceremony and I was sitting in this theater and they were about to announce the award for best actor. And I, I had the thought in my head, if I win this award, I'm going to be an actor. And they called my name and, uh, I I never looked back. So wow. that was sort That's of how, so cool. yeah, that was how I kind of got into it. I uh, went to Carnegie Mellon University um, in Pittsburgh and from there moved to New York and um, hilarity ensued. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was your first Broadway show?
1: Jane Eyre. I was, I was, uh, I, I stand by, I covered all the guys in, in Jane Eyre. In oh. like, comedy, uh, comedy ensued. 2000. <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly exactly yes when you think comedy you think that
1: <laughs> yeah Indeed. Uh, um, yeah uh and yeah i've done 12 broadway shows so uh, i've been incredibly fortunate um and yeah i'm um, where we we start rehearsal uh september 27th for phantom and uh mm. open october 22nd and wow god willing and the plague don't rise <laughs> There, there, there will be. We'll be
2: here. What was the first show you ever saw?
1: First show I ever saw. Um, first show that I saw that made me kind of think I want to do this was a production of Godspell at the Allenberry Playhouse in Pennsylvania when I was like a freshman mm. in high school. Guy who was playing uh, who played the. The Jesus role uh, was so fantastic, and I was like, "I want to be that guy." Um, mm. So that was the first live. That was the first live show I saw that made me want to do it. And then, the the, the part that I, like, the moment that I <laughs> that hooked me was the um, the filmed version of uh, Sunday in the Park with George. Oh, yeah. With um, the act, end of Act One, when Mandy turns downstage and goes Sunday. I was like, oh,
0: that's, that's it. it. That's what
1: I want to do. I want to open my mouth as wide as I can and sing Sunday <laughs>
0: downstage. <laughs> so have you been able to do either of those things? Either the Jesus roll and God spell or I did that, Sunday? I did
1: that one. I did that. Uh, I was going to do George at St. Louis Rep. Um, I was also cast in the Broadway Vita, which was supposed to start rehearsal on one day, the the St. Louis rap production ended on Sunday. It was like perfect. And then right before I was supposed to go, Evita said, "Oh, by the way, we're gonna start a week early." So oh, wow, I didn't I didn't get to go to St. Louis and play play that role, unfortunately.
0: Oh. <laughs> One day, I'm sure there's, there's still time. Uh, I
1: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Break out the Just for Men. Maybe maybe in maybe at like Muni or like you know big uh, amphitheater.
0: Very- <laughs> they're far away. <laughs> was grateful that I so my role like my first show where I was like I want to do that was seeing Les Mis and I don't know I was like seven or eight year olds old and I was like oh my gosh I want to be Cosette not like little Cosette I wanted to be big Cosette (laughs) and I got to do that role just in the nick of time I probably am too old to do it now but um it's always a fun it's always fun to like get to do you know bucket list roles or think roles Indeed. that really influenced you as a young as a young artist
1: yeah. so yeah Sweeney Todd cool. is my big one Sweeney oh. Todd is is the one that mm. I still I still have to I have to do. I, I got the I covered it at, at um with the New York Philharmonic um Ooh. and got to got to actually do a run-through uh with Emma Thompson who was playing Mrs. Lovett um wow but, oh my gosh uh, but didn't, had, didn't, did not get to in front of an audience yet
0: Yet, yet it's on there. I love no how you time. said
1: "yet" at the end. That was a good one. <laughs>
2: um, what were you doing? Oh, I don't know. A year ago, and oh. a little over a year ago, what 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 were you up to? And um, where do you remember that moment, or where you were the moment that they were like?
1: Yes, I, I was know. in the. I was on the. I was in the onstage uh, opera box, um, listening to "Think of Me" in Phantom mm-hmm. of the Opera. And uh, Raul came on stage into the opera box and he said to, he whispered to us, we're closing today. Uh, this is March, March 12th. So we were the, we were the last show to, um, to play Broadway because we we were the only ones that had Thursday matinee. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, they, they, uh, they closed this down, Um, you know, and originally they were telling us like, I think it was like, it was like May 28th. i mean March 28th. We were going back, something like that. Um, <laughs> just a quick break. We'll yeah, get gonna be a quick break. Yeah. But I had, but I actually had this, like, I had, I was walking to work that day and I was listening to the news on, on my, my headphones and I was on 46th and 8th and I heard, and they announced that the NBA had canceled their season. Mm. And I remember just stopping there and like my body went numb and I sort of felt like I saw the the, the future, and I was like, mm. "We're not going back for over a year." Mm. I was like, "This this is today is the last day," um, mm. and I just I could I, I, I was like, like, "I don't know, yeah, the NBA calling it quits." I it was like,
0: <laughs> "Broadway That's doesn't, what, does, yeah.
1: doesn't stand, stand a chance." I mean, you
0: yeah.
1: know. Um, and everybody else sort of was like, "Well, see you in a couple of weeks." Like.
0: You're like, no,
1: Mm, no. And everyone thought I was crazy. (laughs) You
0: were a prophet.
1: (laughs) I was like, I was really, I was like given these, like, these these answers suddenly. It was great. I've heard Uh, a couple
2: people say that it was the NBA closing or shutting down or whatever, that they were like, oh, that's how I knew it was real, when the NBA was doing it. (laughs) And people don't even like follow
1: sports, but they were like, no. Once they went home, I was like,
2: yeah, something big is happening.
1: Yeah no I, yeah it's like they don't they don't shut down an, a moneymaker like that in any right. way, lightly
0: lightly, and am I right in remembering that this is really kind of the first break that um, Phantom has had on Broadway since? If he I mean, can? They,
1: there was a uh, there were like two weeks after nine eleven that Broadway closed down, um, but otherwise it's been going it's been since nineteen eighty six. I mean, yeah, it's, wow. You know, and it's a, the, the future is, uh, is cloudy. It's, uh, there's a million elephants in the room that we're yeah. not like, I, I don't hear people talking about, not, not the least of which is that a show like Phantom, 80% of its ticket sales are Asian or European. So mm-hmm. until like, it's not New Yorkers that are going to see the opera, you know? So it's until, uh
0: visitors. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Until, until those, those, those planes start coming. I, 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 don't, know.
0: I mm. don't know. As far as ticket sales, mm-hmm. what other, what other, uh, what other concerns do you have? Um, uh, or do you have other concerns about going back? Maybe you share also maybe what you're looking forward to about going back. Um, I'm
1: looking forward to the first downbeat. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be like that's going to be a moment you want to be, but that's a part of history that I'll be yeah. psyched to be part of it. And, and whatever happens after that, I, you know, is out of our control. Um, I, I feel confident we'll, we'll get that first downbeat, um, you know, and we sold out the first two hours uh, for the first show, at least. Um, mm. So we're going to have a full house and um, yeah. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I've got tickets to, like I got tickets to for the opening night of Hades Town, the opening night of oh. Pump 'Em Away, and the opening yeah. of Ain't Too Proud. Just I just want to be there. I want to be. <laughs> I hope they're back. not
2: all on the same night. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're
1: not.
2: <laughs> You're okay, no.
0: spreading it out. <laughs>
1: good.
2: good. <laughs> yeah. What What have you been doing over the last year? How have you been keeping yourself busy and creative
1: and sane?
2: do you yeah. live in new york now i do
1: i do yeah um i purchased myself this uh soundproof studio and uh i just set up shop and uh i i've been teaching virtual lessons um uh pretty much since like april uh and it was surprisingly seamless how it moved from teaching in person to teaching virtually uh i've grown to really love it um mm. and Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, it's a full-time job. I'm teaching like 30 to 40 hours a week. And um,
0: that's a lot of teaching Bradley.
1: Yeah. it's, it's, it's been great. I love it. I love it just as much as I do forming and uh, you know, I can still, I still get to speak a creative language. Um, I still get to affect people with something artistic, you Mm -hmm. know? um, And so it's been nothing but a blessing. Um, And yeah, I've been doing that. I um, I went to Mexico for three months. Uh, Whoa! And uh, taught from Not down better. there. Yeah, I wanted to be out of the country for the election, so I, I voted on oh. November first, and I flew <laughs> to Mexico where I stayed for three months.
0: <laughs> Smart. <laughs> so well. you're probably being away from performing for any period of time you have, there's generally a process of kind of getting yourself back in shape and back in a good mindset. Um, if you've been teaching all that time, it sounds like probably your voice is still in good shape, but are there other ways that you're preparing yourself to go back or maybe that some of your, um, some of your castmates or other people in in the Broadway community that are, that are working to get back to p- performing. Yeah. Shape? Well,
1: uh, I haven't necessarily begun this process yet, but there will definitely have to be like a, a pancake fast uh, coming up. (laughs) Oh no. My character in, in uh, Phantom uh, wears what's called Skeletard to the, the, to the masquerade ball, which is just a unitard of a skeleton. Um, So right now that's going to be like squeezing a a sausage. Um, (laughs) So that, that process has to begin sooner than later. Um, And just get, I like, uh, yeah, I've been fortunate in that I sing all day, every day. So my voice is actually in great shape. That won't be, that won't be hard. I I imagine like there's going to be a lot of folks that need to kind of stretch those muscles out because that, that, that will atrophy on you as you know, I'm sure. Um, Well,
0: I think there's probably some of our listeners who may not realize the athletic nature of being a Broadway performer of Mm. doing eight shows a week that even if you're not a a dancing role—it's still a huge energy output and, and vocally. You to, yeah, and your cardio, demanding.
1: your your cardio has to be such that you can still maintain a pressurized breath center while running up and down stairs or whatever. Um, so and stamina—you know—that's that's the that's the one that goes. Is like you might be able to get through that first song, but can you get get through the two and a half hour show eight times a week? Uh, that's their animal entirely.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, Broadway performers are really elite athletes and you know, in in their own right. Well, yeah. that's, that's vocal uh, athletes, it you depends, know, there it depends is on the, a- It depends on the role. At least yeah. vocal athlete. <laughs> but,
1: uh, this role, I kind of stand there and just pose and sing, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're
2: I'm in a leotard, so, bad, so. But I <laughs> am an Added
0: level part. of difficulty there. Yes. <laughs> that bumped it up a couple points, at least.
2: A
1: couple, totally.
0: Yes. <laughs> Do you remember,
2: when did you hear that you were coming back?
1: Uh, um, our producers have been extraordinary in how how much they've kept us in the loop and how how honest they've been with us. You know, mm. it's, it's like everyone knew, everyone knew the answer. Like, like, you know, when they were saying that we were coming back in May, there wasn't anyone who was like, maybe, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know. The our producers were like we're saying May, earliest is going September, you know. Mm. And they Andrew Led Weber himself paid for sixteen weeks of insurance for a member, mm. every every permanent employee of the Phantom of the Opera, so that wow. we wouldn't lose our lose our health insurance. Wow. So you know that's that's pretty amazing. Um, so they they uh, yeah we got it we got an email one day that said we finally have good news for you there's a zoom meeting tomorrow night please come and you know it was nothing but positive you know mm. uh it, it's all it's all very scary and no one knows no one knows what to expect coming up but uh oh. you know everyone's yep. heart is in the right place the fact that they like just you know that they, they hired an entire cast they could have they could have like i don't know taking an opportunity to like if there was salaries they wanted to reduce or what you know people (laughs) and no one and no one would have like called foul because everyone has to you know like the the west end version cut half the orchestra you Mm. know uh so i was sort of expecting something like that and they were like no this is the longest running show in broadway history we're not going down like that we're gonna Mm. open it up again exactly as it was and we're gonna do our best so That's amazing. Um, It gives me goosebumps.
0: I know. I know.
1: I I can't. What's the, what's
2: the, I suppose you haven't started rehearsals yet, but like, what's the, what's the vibe in New York right now or the Broadway community that like things are finally happening and we're starting to promote that you're coming back and you're getting ready. Uh, You're going on your pancake fast. Like what's (laughs) the, what's the vibe
1: right now? I don't know about the vibe in the theater community because I don't really feel like I'm necessarily like in the theater community right now, you know, I, I don't really see that many people, you know, I see I see a handful of people, but it, it, it's not the same feeling as when you're like actually in in the thick of it. But, mm-hmm. uh, but the vibes in New York itself are definitely bubbly,
0: mm. which is,
1: you know, it was definitely like wet blanket for a long time and like, <laughs> so especially sad. like Midtown and, and the Broadway area was so depressing. Um, but now it's, it's popping a little bit and people are, people are excited and it's it's pride and, and, you know, everybody is, is, uh, we didn't, they didn't get pride last year and, and, you know, so there's a lot that there's there's a, there's a lot of energy ready to, ready to pop.
0: That's exciting.
1: Yeah. It's really exciting.
0: So I have... So, you know, our podcast is Arts for the Health of It. We want, we're want we part of an arts and health um, program serving patients and caregivers um, here in San Antonio and around the country. Um, and so we believe in, you know, we see every day the healing power that the arts have, how necessary it is for our holistic well-being, for our mental health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, our communal health. Um, I wonder if you could share a little bit about your relation your personal relationship with the arts and the role it's played in your health and well-being and then maybe a little bit about what how you see it impacts the community and the people you serve because really that's what you do when you get on stage you're serving your audience you're you're um, providing that that moment away from their everyday life and that has an impact
1: yeah yeah I mean you know the the unique thing about theater is it's a temporary bit of beauty. Mm. It doesn't exist past you leaving the theater except in your memory and your art. And Mike Nichols, who directed um, Spamalot, he's my favorite quote about the nature of live theater. He said, live theater is an unspoken conversation between the audience and the actors on stage that goes, actors, you know how people are like this? Audience, yes, we know how people are like this. And I think that's the miracle of theater
0: mm. is
1: that there is this, you know, there is a collective consciousness that it forms in a theater and it reveals itself in a laugh or in, in a tear or in, you know, applause or silence and it's this moment you know where we this this uh, the other the other great quote he had about about an audience is individually they know nothing collectively everything Mm. and and i think that the the miracle that happens is that in that moment you know when an audience feels something or senses something that is like truth that is an understanding of the human condition that we, like that telepathically, we respond to each other in an agreement, and that agreement comes out as a laugh, or mm. you know, and in that moment, you are not so alone.
0: Mm.
1: And you know, you can sit in an audience with you know Republican Democrat, and our collective experience as human beings is is similar and you only experience that in in theater so in that live performance and mm. there is a healing nature to that and it, it can like it can heal it can heal like a world mm. I think that understanding that like just innately instinctually we all recognize truth and we all recognize like something extremely specific about the human condition together and mm. you know it's peace there's peace in that so i think that's what uh you know are
2: you if, also crying okay yes, right. i didn't know it was just me all right i was like don't wipe don't if, wipe if you're not watching <laughs> Control we're all yourself. Crying yeah Yeah. because I love that in your pre-interview form one of the questions we ask everybody who's coming on is what's your association with arts and health and your answer was I don't know and I was like come on (laughs) (laughs) and then that's the answer you give us to the question in real life and we're like now we're sobbing like a bunch of babies (laughs) so
0: you're next it's so beautiful and I I love the theater because it's like it's the culmination and highest form of so many different art forms, right? You have, you have the music you have um, from, gosh, so many things. You have the music, you have the writing, you have the scenes and the set, you have the costumes, you have um, dance, dance, you have um, acting, you have directing and lighting design. And like, it's this call, like just even in, in the holistic nature of the commute type of diverse community that has to come together to create mm-hmm. a piece of theater, um, is this microcosm of just love and beauty in itself. And then to get yeah. to share that every night with the audience. See, I'm gonna cry more
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's and
0: then a, and it, then you kind of I mean... you're kind of inviting the audience into into that community and that relationship that's already happening.
1: Yeah. And the community that's backstage stage is made up of yes, made up of designers and made up of of musicians and made up of actors and made up of technicians and made up of management and like you know we're, we we create this yeah like this little biosphere of a of a world and then we invite all the audience into it and and um, it is it's a, it's a wonderful shared experience of just love and and uh, mm. you know. Just wanting to wanting wanting everything to be okay for everybody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I just moved into a new studio. This is the first interview I'm filming in this new studio, and now I need to write down buy tissue. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I need here. Apparently, yeah. it's what I'm missing. So yeah,
0: hold um, cool uh,
1: on. You, I will, yeah, go ahead.
0: Oh no, go ahead. Finish your thought.
1: I was just gonna say, I went to this um. Uh, they were having these Broadway pop-up events uh, which is just like uh, and they would invite <clears throat> some people just like a hundred people from the act from the theater community like privately and you go to a theater and they do a some do some sort of performance and so I, I got invited to one at the Broadway theater and uh, the, the and you know we're all sitting like you know three rows and away from from each other and the lights went down and like I had like hold my face because I was like sobbing so hard. You know, and like the entire audience was this was the same way. It's like it's mm. what we've lost is, mm. is like is 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 immeasurable, you mm. know. And what we have to gain is is immeasurable.
0: So. Oh. so I think the I'm gonna put you on the spot here a little bit, Bradley. I I think the types of stories we tell in theater and like you say, like the reflecting back of, of ourselves and that recognition that happens in theater can be so healing and profound. What stories are on Broadway right now that you really connect with and you think are, you know, are so important? And then what stories might you want to see more of?
1: Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I think that, I think that um, radical inclusion is going to be the motor that drives Broadway. I hope it's the motor that that, that drive Broadway, um, and it, you know it, it and and it, it it encourages young people of all races and creeds and orientations um, to consider it as a possibility. Hmm. Uh, And I guess you only do that. I guess you can only do that if you see someone like yourself, who's there in a successful position, you know? Mm. Um, And so uh, I, I hope that the pendulum continues its swing in that direction. Mm. um, And I think, and I think it will. Um, And uh, you know, it's, it's it has the potential theater has the potential to be such a great equalizer, hmm. uh, you know. Seeing yeah. stories, you know, whether they're stories you've heard before or they're new stories that cross racial lines and and you know all other sort of and you know any other sort of marginalized group is um, yeah. brought into downstage center. Um, mm. so I, I'm quite certain that that will be a, f- a thrust going forward. And I, and I, I believe it, it, it deserves to be
0: mm. good. That's awesome.
2: What I, I mean, I think that you answered it multiple times, but like, what are you most excited about going back? I think what just being,
1: being back and part of, part of that family, you know, it's, yeah. it's uh, it really is a family, um, and it's it, it, you know it's strange being a theater artist because you go and you go and you go to Fort Worth, Texas, or you know wherever you go, and you have three weeks of sometimes like really like intensely beautiful experience where you're speaking a creative language with all, with this group of people, and and you know then you never see them again. Then you and leave. <laughs> then you leave, and and that's it. I mean, I saw you seven years ago, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Uh, um, and your brain kind of gets used to that. Your brain gets used to being like, "This is my family," and then, uh, then it's not. And you just get you get good with being okay with that. Um, Phantom's a different story. I mean, I've, I've only been there for five months, but there are people that have been there. There are dressers that have that, that have been there since it opened. Mm. There's a couple of cast members who've been there for over twenty years. You know, um, mm. so that that really is a that really is a, a family. Um, mm. and there's nothing like that feeling of being part of a group like that. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, really? it's so much joy in it and, and just being part of that Broadway community, bring, being part of that strange little, like 14 blocks, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. where you just like, you're, you're going to your show and you're past people going to their show. You're like, have a good show and you go <laughs> do your show and then you go, you know, <laughs> Uh, it's a, it's a lovely, it's a lovely life. Um, Mm. and, uh, I can't wait to get back to it.
0: Well, we can't wait for you to get back to it too. And all the rest of Broadway and theaters around the country. Um, I know I'm looking, I'm very much looking forward to getting back to see live theater. So
2: yeah, right on. It's truly what I miss the most.
1: (laughs) yes
2: um tell everybody again when it opens and um what theater it's at and how they can get tickets besides the first two days
1: yeah (laughs) uh yeah we open on october 22nd um probably going to be doing uh not an eight show week at first uh you know it'll probably be like a more like six or seven um and you get tickets at telecharge that's it
0: and how That's can people follow thing. you, Bradley, if they want to learn more about you or maybe take a voice yeah. lesson with you? Oh, sure. Yeah, sure.
1: Uh, you can look look me up. My website is uh, BradleyDean.net. dot net, and uh, my social handles on Insta and Face- Facebook are the Broadway Dean, um, oh. which uh, is the, 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 that my nickname is Broadway Dean, which is a really cool nickname, but not the reason that you think. There was my I was doing Mad Muncha. Uh, and the guy, the, the the guy who was working the door had this accent, and so he would always say like, uh, "Broadway Dean, you have, <laughs> you have," <music." laughs> and so that, that cast started calling me Broadway Dean and that kind of stuff. That's so awesome. That's,
2: <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, well I we, can't. Oh, sorry. Go.
0: No, it just was so good to see you again, and thank you so much for coming and talking with us, and you know, giving us your perspective. Um, On Broadway returning. This is awesome.
1: Thanks for having me. Anytime. (laughs) Anytime. Go
2: to uh, heartseatart.org, click on the podcast link. We'll throw the the link to get tickets to Phantom in there and everything to connect with Bradley. Thank you so much for sitting down with us and, and chatting. Thank you. See you at the Majestic. Yes. We'll be there. Okay.
0: our theme song, Songbird, is written and performed by Natalie Lane. Visit heartseedart.org to learn how you can support our mission to create joy with people facing life-altering health challenges. Join us next week to learn more ways you can create art for the health of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Heartseedart, Art, their staff, board members, or other affiliates. All content is created for informational purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice